Good morning. This is Tommy Ray, and we are in episode 17 of Water Rights, Laws, Guns, and Money. We are fortunate today that Adam Jokerst, Deputy Director of Water Resources for the City of Greeley, is joining us for a discussion of Aquifer Storage and Recovery, ASR. Adam was instrumental in Greeley's evaluation of and subsequent contract to develop the Terry Ranch Project. Adam, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your experience. First, can you describe what an ASR project is? Well, thanks, Tommy, for for having me on. Um, You have a great podcast, and I'm I'm appreciative to be part of it. ASR is uh, underground storage of water. Water, surface water typically is injected underground, stored there, and withdrawn later when when there's a need. And much like a surface reservoir, uh, in years of plenty, water is stored underground, and in years of drought, it is withdrawn. Where is it? Terry Ranch is located in northern Colorado. Uh, it, it makes use of the Upper Laramie Aquifer that is kind of a horseshoe that extends down from Wyoming, generally from I-25 eastward. And Terry Ranch itself is located right on the Wyoming state border, extends about eight miles south. Okay, great. And how large is it? Surface area of the ranch or, or the uh, acreage that you will control? So Greeley is not purchasing the, the surface ownership, just the groundwater underneath the surface. And it's about 10,000 acres of deeded property. Um, the, uh, the amount of water estimated under there and for which we have a decree is 1.2 million acre feet. And that's just on the deeded property. Doesn't Correct. the state have checkerboarded properties within Terry Ranch? They do. Uh, Greeley has an exclusive lease to develop that water. It is not yet decreed. Um, but it is uh, an exclusive lease to Greeley. How much infrastructure will be required in terms of pipe, distance of pipe, and number of wells that you will install? So the aquifer is located about 30 miles from our existing infrastructure. And what's unique about this is that we can use some of our existing transmission lines to get the water to and from Terry Ranch. Greeley's water treatment plants and most of our supply are located 30, 40, even 60 miles west of Greeley. And so we're used to transmitting water over large distances. This will require about a 30-mile pipeline to run from the ranch south and connect into our existing system. It's a, it'll be a bi-directional pipe. We'll be able to move water by gravity when we were withdrawing, and we'll pump it and inject it whenever we're storing water. Okay, and so the, the water that put down into the aquifer to store will be treated water. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, the EPA requires under the Safe Drinking Water Act that any water injected underground first be treated. You know, our surface supplies are very pristine already, so uh, treating it before we inject it will not be an issue. And um, do you have an estimated cost yet on the infrastructure portion? Our portion of the cost... Um, kind of in a net present value as we look at building this slowly over time is about $250 million. Um, as part of the purchase agreement, the seller uh, actually gives us money and we'll be receiving $125 million that we'll put towards building this infrastructure. Great. Never heard of that before. It's a unique structure. Okay. 
Why do we need this project? Uh, is it to support growth, or, or what are we trying to do with it? it it's primarily for Greeley a drought supply. Um, we are blessed to have a pretty robust uh, surface water system. We draw water from four different watersheds. Um, we are a large owner of the Colorado Big Thompson project, so we receive a lot of water from that source. We have very senior rights. Uh, but in the face of climate change and as Greeley grows, uh, we recognize the need for drought storage, drought-proof storage, and groundwater provides that. This water will be there year in, year out. Mainly uh, drought-proof storage, not a new water supply. That's great. Okay, that's interesting. What are the advantages of an ASR over a normal surface water storage project? One of the biggest advantages for this project in particular was the lack of permitting that is needed compared to building a large uh, surface storage project. Greeley had been in the process of permitting a uh, on-channel reservoir enlargement um, for about 15 years. Wow. And spent almost $20 million pursuing that permit. And what was that project? It was called the Milton Seaman water supply project. It would enlarge uh, an existing dam from about a reservoir from about 5,000 acre feet up to over 50,000 acre feet. And obviously doing that requires a lot of permits through the Army Corps of Engineers, through the state, uh, through the county. And it's very uncertain whether those permits would ever be issued, um, and they take a lot of time and money to secure. ASR, on the other hand, it's really a pipeline project. Um, the only infrastructure that has disturbance is burying a pipeline and small wellheads. So very easy to permit. And in fact, we're planning on constructing next year. So that's not to say there's no permits. I mean, you know, obviously floodplain and what, you know, crossing agreements and those kind of things, but the speed is, is uh, order of magnitude different. You're planning on constructing the pipeline portion or the installation of wells are going to do both at the same time? We don't have an immediate need for this water. We have enough supply currently to meet our demand, but Greeley is growing. Um, our current population is about 115,000, and we expect to be over 260,000 in the next 50 years, so over doubling. So we need that supply in the future. Wow, 50 years outlook. That's a long time. And I think that other cities are trying to look out that far, too. Uh, they're not having nearly the success that you are, I don't think. What I see with these other cities is they're scrambling hard, and they're happy to get 5,000 acre feet here and 5,000 there. And here you're looking at 1.2 million. So huge difference. We are lucky in that regards. And, you know, I think just being an older city with older water rights, you see this with Denver, Aurora, Boulder, Fort Collins. They have older water rights that provide a base supply. Um, and it's a luxury that smaller cities don't have um, where they're buying water or developing supplies to serve the next houses that, that come in, right? And so we are able to look further out and develop those supplies well in advance of when we're going to. So I think what I heard you say was that really you already have in hand the uh, supplies to serve them. I'm just a little bit confused here as to why 
this is not a supply, but is a storage project. So are you telling me that you already have in hand the supplies, but those are very year to year, and so you need the storage in the wet years to store it? So we have enough firm yield, which is the amount of water we could provide through a, a certain drought uh, for the next 15 years or so, anticipating a certain level of growth. So we're good for the next decade, maybe two. But we expect to, that our water demand is going to grow and that we are going to need to develop additional supplies. Not only are we going to need to develop additional um, storage, which we're getting with Terry Ranch, but we need to continue to acquire water to store in that underground reservoir. So typically, uh, when you say you're going to continue to acquire water, does this water typically come from farms? So you will continue to buy farms or the water rights from farms as they come on the market? That's correct. Yeah. And uh, if I were a farmer and wanted to sell my water, I guess I could come to you and say, Adam, what do you give me for my water rights, right? Uh, you could. You could. <laughs> you, one, one advantage, though, of planning so far out is that we offer uh, long-term, very long-term leasebacks of, these, of this water supply because we don't need it right away. And so we can keep that land in agricultural production for a longer period of time. And we're working uh, towards being able to do things like interruptible supply agreements. So we only use the water in certain years, in, in the very driest years, um, to be able to keep water in production. Greeley has an agricultural-based economy for a large part. And so we need irrigated agriculture to continue in Northeast Colorado uh, to support our, our economy. Right. One of the big advantages to an underground storage project, of course, is uh, no evaporation losses. Is that correct? That's correct. And, you know, when we compared this to the Milton Seaman Enlargement, which was our previously preferred project, uh, Milton Seaman would evaporate enough water to serve about 3,000 Greeley households. And we don't have any of that evaporation with underground storage. Right. And did we discuss already the uh, projected costs of Milton Seaman? No. Um, the Milton Seaman Enlargement Project, uh, by comparison, would cost over $500 million. And so Terry Ranch is quite a bit less expensive to develop than the other best alternative that we had evaluated. That's incredible. Okay, in your evaluation, you had to first look at the legalities of using this particular water source. Can you discuss for us uh, non-tributary water, non-renewable, and dominion and control, and what those terms mean in the legal sense? Uh, well, I'm not an attorney, but I'll play one for a podcast. I do all the time. <laughs> You're convincing, Tommy. Um, Non-tributary just means that it's not connected to surface water sources such as rivers, streams, lakes. And the Upper Lamry Aquifer, which is what's being developed by uh, the Terry Ranch Project, has been de determined through the state and through the courts to be non-tributary. So think of it as a deep, isolated pocket of water uh, that has very little recharge, very little bit flows out of it. So... This decree was actually developed by a private entity. They perfected the decree, were able to get it through water court. 
they uh, purchased the surface easements, uh, the lease to adjoining property. They put together a bundle of sticks to make this a viable water project. And then they um, did a series of diligent studies. They drilled five full municipal grade wells to determine the pumping rates for certain, to determine the water quality. And in doing so through that investment, made this a packaged project with the exception of connecting it to an existing water system. Right. Now, you mentioned something that is dear to my heart and that I have uh, brought up in Episode 7, and that is uh, the anti-speculation issue. Um, So, Adam, uh, I think you said a private investor came in and purchased the groundwater rights probably from the original surface owner. I don't know that, but at some point, the surface owner owned the water rights. And sold them. And sold them. And so you've got a private entity here then that in order to have a package deal to you, they had to enter water court and get a determination that it was non-tributary and how much water was there. Is that correct? That's right. And I, I don't think that a an investor can do that with a surface water right without having a contract in hand with an end user. Generally, that's my understanding. There has to be a beneficial use. Uh, surface water supply is being developed. Yes, and uh, not necessarily true with the groundwater because it's owned by the overlying landowner or whoever may have bought it. I'm sorry, I didn't want to get off. It, I didn't want to get off into the weeds of no. speculation, but again, it's I, I a, want to go there. Okay, it's an issue that's dear to my heart. So we'll, we'll go on to uh, some aquifer characteristics here. Uh, you already said the name of the aquifer was the Upper Laramie. How big is the Upper Laramie? Uh, does it extend beyond the Terry Ranch project? It does. It uh, it is a Think of it as a horseshoe that comes down from Wyoming, and it extends about from I-25 east. And as it moves east, it shallows up until it um, no longer has any saturated thickness. To the south, it becomes exposed. Terry Ranch is in its deepest area, and so that's one of the reasons it's the most productive. Okay, so this is uh, really different than the Denver Basin Aquifer, where you've got basically pancakes stacked on top of each other. Um, They each get a little larger as you go deeper. Not necessarily the same case here. It's not not as large as the Laramie Fox Hills. And I guess the Laramie Fox Hills underlies the upper Laramie. It does, yeah. And the Laramie Fox Hills is very broad. It is. And in in this area, the Laramie Fox Hills, it's separated by a thick uh, shale uh, that is an aquitard between the upper Laramie and the, the larger Laramie Fox Hills. And the Laramie Fox Hills is not very productive in this area. Now, there's a word I haven't heard. Aquitard. An aquitard. I learned it myself <laughs> with all these hydrogeologists. So an aquitard is something that just prevents the water from moving from one aquifer to the other. That's correct. Could others do a similar project closer to Greeley, or is it just the fact that that happens to be where the upper Laramie exists. 
and it doesn't exist down this far. No, it does not ex- extend to the south closer to Greeley. Okay. So in an, S- an ASR, you not only take water out, but you put water back in. In fact, I think that's probably more important that you put it back in. Is it Does it take pressure to put the water back down the hole? It, it can at times. And, you know, I guess Greeley wouldn't buy a non-renewable groundwater source. Um, that's not something we would view as a viable alternative to grow our city upon, given our history of developing surface water supply. The reason this became a viable alternative is for the ASR component, being able to store surplus water underground. Um, Getting that surface water there requires first treatment um, and then pumping to get the water up to the uh, Terry Ranch site. To the injection well. To the injection well. And then um, injecting it underground can be done by pressure or by gravity. The rate changes, uh, and it just depends on the local conditions of the well. Okay, so you understand by pressure that you pressure it yourself, or you said by gravity, that basically means you fill the injection well full of water, and gravity pulls the water back down into the aquifer. That's right. Do you use the same wells to pull the water out as you do to inject? You can. Um, There are... There's technology that allows you to valve the the well the well bore in such a way as to allow withdrawal and injection through the same bore. Okay. Do you anticipate doing that? Oh, yes, absolutely. It saves money, right? It, yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Fewer wells that way. Of course, of course. Adam, we we discussed uh, putting water in and, and taking it out. Uh, once you take it out, it's already been treated. Do you have to treat it again? We will. Um, our evaluation of this water, and we we did through a very intensive diligence process over 7,000 water quality data points to verify that this is a safe, reliable water supply. And it would currently meet uh, safe drinking water standards. However, it has low levels of naturally occurring uranium. And uranium is obviously a, a, a concern um, from a health perspective and uh, in our community, that was a large concern. And so we'll treat that. And, and treating uranium is a very common, proven technology using something called ion exchange. Uh, so we'll treat the water as we uh, inge- or withdraw it out of the ground before we deliver it to Greeley. Sure. In and in a normal water treatment plant, um, water, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, goes to a settling pond to let most of the sediments. Then it goes to a sand filter, and then probably it gets some sort of chlorination or something thereafter. What is the cost of, say, per thousand gallons of your present treatment, and how much additional will that add to treat the uranium? Yeah, this will be a very different type of treatment than a conventional water treatment plant. There's no settling. There's no filtration. Uh, It's just to remove target constituents like uranium. We have to chlorinate it and then deliver it. Uh, So it's it's a packaged uh, modular type treatment system. Um, We estimate that the cost of 
uh, treating and pumping. And, and one of the downsides of ASR is it's uh, energy intensive. There's a lot of pumping, pumping out of the ground, um, pumping through a treatment system, injecting sometimes requires pumping. So there's a lot of energy costs. This project we estimate when we're just withdrawing water will cost about 10% more than our most expensive treatment plant. We operate two treatment plants. Um, so the more expensive one of the two, it'll be about 10% more expensive. When we're storing uh, water, and sorry, when we're treating water, pumping it, storing it underground, then withdrawing and treating it again, it'll be quite a bit more expensive. It'll be, I think it's about 60% more expensive. However, the increase in treatment cost is vastly outweighed by the savings in construction costs. Absolutely. When you're saving $250 million in construction costs. Um, That'll treat a lot of water. That will treat a lot of water, especially when you're using it only as a drought supply. Yep. Yep. Okay. That's that's that's, that's, that's more great. detail than you needed, Tom. No, no, no. Um, we've talked a little bit about projected costs. Um I think you said you're going to start construction next year. When do you anticipate it'll come online and you'll actually start using it as a storage? Not for quite some time. And one of the reasons is that we have adequate supplies today. Um, and so we can build this slowly over time. Um, we can cash flow this instead of taking on significant bond debt to build it all at once. That's one of the biggest advantages of a project like this. We don't have to take on considerable debt and build a dam. You know, you can't build a dam a couple feet at a time over many years, but with a project like this, you can add a well as you need it. And so um, we'll be able to build this slowly over time. That keeps our water rates low. Also, um, we don't need to actually start injecting water for quite some time. We're buying an underground reservoir that happens to be full of water. So we'll be able to, to dip into the water that's already there, the native groundwater, um, for some time before we need to start injecting. We don't anticipate injecting and storing water for maybe 50 years. Is the aquifer full or is it at 80% level or do you know? I mean, could you store water in it right now before you pull water out? We could. I mean, there there is, it's called unsaturated um, zones within the aquifer that we could inject currently. The reason for not, for waiting so long before we start injecting is cost. Um, why build all the infrastructure uh, and these pump stations and valving and, and so forth uh, to start injecting water if um, there's not a uh, immediate need for it. Okay. Makes perfect sense. How did you purchase this project and was it a unique type of transaction? It was. Um, that's one of the more unique pieces of this project is how we, we actually purchased it from a private entity. This private entity uh, developed the decree and the other legal entitlements to make this project work and they invested a significant amount of money to do that. So it's unlikely that any other municipality would have spent significant funds to um, prove out an uncertain water source. So this private firm took the risk and then Greeley benefited from that in purchasing the, the project. And we purchased it in a, in a unique way. Instead of paying cash, 
we issued the seller uh, credits. And these credits are redeemable to meet our raw water dedication. That's raw water dedication is what a developer or a home builder pays to a city at the time of building in order to get a water tap. Typically, then, a builder would go out, acquire water, and dedicate it to the city in exchange for you allowing them to tap into your potable water system. And that's called a water tap, of course. That's correct. Yeah. Either yeah. they so, develop, deliver uh, a water right, or they would pay us cash in lieu of water. In lieu of water. And I'm sorry, I got you a little off track. Did, were you finished there in explaining how this was a unique transaction? Well, it, in, we issued these credits, and um, those credits are redeemable to meet our raw water dedication. And so instead of paying the city cash, now developers can turn in credits to get a water tap. And the seller of Terry Ranch receives those credits and sells those to developers. So the, the seller makes their money by selling those credits to developers. And in that way, um, they make their money, but Greeley doesn't have to pay anything up front. And in fact, we negotiated that the seller would actually give us 90% of the sale of those credits until they give us $125 million. And we're using that money to build the infrastructure. This relieves all the risk, right? So typically when a water supply project is developed, like take a reservoir, for example, a city a water provider takes on a large bond. And oftentimes they rely on future growth and the sale of those future taps to pay off the debt from building that dam. So they're counting on future growth to pay for old debt, which is risky. Yeah, it's, it's a risk. There it's may or may not be right. future growth. But one of the things I've said in this podcast is there's a tsunami of growth coming to the Front Range area, which includes Greeley. Yes. I think we all see that. The Front Range, Colorado, is absolutely a wonderful place to, to live. Nice temperatures, you know, low humidity, uh, just a great place. And I think people are recognizing that. And until recently, at least, houses have been cheap compared to... <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. We've all seen that. Adam, thank you very much for for sitting down with us. It's been a real education to me. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, any Any last words? Uh, just really appreciate Tommy having me on and, and the good work you're doing with this podcast. Okay, thank you. Good to have Adam on. We're going to close with our usual beautiful mountain stream. See you next time. Okay, thank you, Adam. Um, not recording anything. That's weird. Okay, I hear it, but it's not recording. What in the hell is going on?